You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM presents Stand with Candace Kelly. This show takes a look at social justice issues impacting society. Here's your host, Rowan University professor Candace Kelly. The Black Women in Comedy Fest was born in 2018 out of a rage of decades of women of color not being center stage. That's according to its founder, Joanna Briley. But why have women of color been marginalized in this field, especially when so many black male comedians are household names? Joanna Briley joins us to talk about the stand she's taking to equalize the playing field on the comedy circuit. Joanna, thank you so much for being with us today. Wow, thank you so much for having me. I, it, it's a, it sounds really good what we're about to delve into, um, but yes. <laughs> yes, yes. And and, it, and listen, whenever comedy is involved, it's always good, right? And we know yes, that. Yes, it is. Uh, and, yes. and I actually have visited you at the Brooklyn House of Comedy where yes, you used yes. to host there. I know that you are in the thrust of the Black Women in Comedy Laugh Fest. Talk to me a yes. little bit about why you decided one day all right, I need to build the biggest black female comedy fest in the country. What brought that about? Well, in October of 2018, uh, I was in a Facebook group and uh, another sister, she brought it to our attention in the group that, hey, I'm in Vegas, but there's a festival going on in New York City and there's no black women in it. She said, what the hell? I was like, Oh, really? What festival is this? So we all started talking about it in a healthy way, I should say. It was a healthy dialogue. And when I saw the festival, I was like, wow, I was in that festival last year. But so in the discussion, uh, nobody could get a clear answer as why there were no black women in this particular festival that was in New York City in 2018. So I said, later for that, I'm going to... Oh, that's not what they're saying. But I said later for that, I'm going to create our own. I said, let's create our own. And so that night I went to GoDaddy and I was like, Black Women in Comedy Festival. I the, the Twitter, uh, uh, Instagram, Facebook, I just grabbed the domains and I was like, all right, it's on. And I knew at that moment when I said it and spoke it into existence that this was something that was needed because all the signs were there. Some people might be very curious about the life of a comedian in general, especially a black female comedian. What types of obstacles do you say you would face when you would maybe go to a festival or maybe you host a show? Well, I know uh, a lot of times if you go to a comedy club, you may see one black woman. If you do, I would say she's a safe black woman, if you will. Someone that the booker may feel comfortable around you know what I mean because that's basically what it is how can we make um uh white people comfortable you know uh in our with our presence so I'm pretty sure that's how most of them probably did their bookings I'm not sure um when you say comfortable do you mean content wise not you know not bringing someone on the stage that might make feel the audience feel comfortable right, right right well you know listen our black is so beautiful. People come through all the time. So I, you know, I, that's, that's subjective. But I know for me, when I've done shows, it takes me back to California when this 
this um, talent person was like, oh, you're, first of all, he told me I wasn't black enough. <laughs> so it's, I was like, huh, me? Not black enough? Uh, so there are ideals that they have of who we should be when we're performing, you know? And so I know that there's times when I've been um, considered too voluptuous or too, you know, sexy. Mm. There are stigmas placed on us as black women comedians. And it's um, unfortunate, but I've been in the game over 20 years. So I've seen a progression with black women owning their blackness on stage unapologetically. So that's the beauty of what I would say gave me the courage to create the festival in the first place. There were so many different styles of blackness and black women comedy that we were sold out. I don't even think about the club anymore because if you don't want me at your club, I'm going to create. I'm going to create something where now you want me at your club. Right. Because I created the product. Space. Right, right. So it's like you build a table, they're going to come. In 2018, my mom passed away. And so this was the fuel and, that I needed to keep going because when there's pain, you know, either you, you, you try to find some way to, to not grieve or you grieve through the process. And that's what I did and turned in to a beautiful, I would say an ode to my mom, an ode to black women, this comedy festival, because we get to change the world. As you said, black men are up there uh, with the white counterparts yes. and the white women counterparts. So we have Wanda Sykes, we have Whoopi Goldberg and Tiffany Haddish. Right. But as you said, we, like, have this, we have Sherry Shepherds, but when you go right. to these comedy festivals, there are, I mean, you get literally, you know, at least a hundred applicants to exactly. want to be a part of this. It's more than just the five or six that we hear right. about. Exactly. So that's why this festival is important to me because I want the industry to know that, hey, there's more Sherry's, there's more Tiffany's, there's, you know, there's so many other beautiful black women that are just as funny um, or as equally funny and they deserve an opportunity. Even with the, the male uh, comedians, uh, reach back, bring, you know, a pipeline. There should be a pipeline. I know Kevin Hart does. Kevin Hart uh, does reach back and help. You know, uh, uh, it's not. I'm not talking about a handout, but just opportunities right. for Black women comedians to um, thrive. There's writers' room. There's sitcoms. There's uh, te- uh, television. Yes, television, movies. You know, there's so many facets of uh, directions that comedy can take you. Last year, one of the Performers. If someone kills it on the stage, there are possibly doors that can be open for them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, That's all I want is a fair shot. What is it that you want people to know about your festival? I've attended, I must say, um, <laughs> and, and, and it's really something to behold to see all of these people buzzing around Brooklyn, New York, going mm-hmm. going to sets where it's all black female comedians. As you said, there's so many names that we know about in terms of black women, but but we don't hear dozens and dozens and to see and have the opportunity to see a dozen female comics in one night that are African American, that's a big deal. Yeah, right. It's uh right now we done bumped it up to five days and it's <laughs> it's it's um Juneteenth week. We bumped it up because of COVID. We couldn't do it in twenty twenty. So we had to think on our feet, how could we effectively do this festival in June? I mean in twenty twenty one and everybody's compliant. So I was like, Oh, June is sunny, it's beautiful weather, we can do outdoor shows. 
And now we done graduated into Manhattan. We're at uh, the stand. We're at Gotham Comedy Club. We're at New York Comedy Club. So now that's what I'm saying. We, we created the table and they want us there. And with the DEI buzzword that's been out there, uh, since 2020. Oh, yes, Everybody, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Yes, yes. yes. So, yeah, so this was, this is, I guess, we're we're fitting that mold. But, you know, most of the clubs have been very receptive to us. Some of these women have never been to New York City. So to be in New York City in a comedy festival with your sisters was magical. You know, I always talk about mental health and self-care. That's something that we don't do. I, I was uh, uh, included in that, not taking care of myself, always put other needs before uh, mine. And I just know during the festival, I try to get everyone to practice self-care mm. and mental wellness because if we are burnt out, our families are burnt out. Right. You know what I mean? So, because we as performers, when we get on stage, we, we, we get whatever's going on with us out into the open, but then we take it and carry it at home. So once we learn these techniques and these tools, it helps us alleviate a lot of that stress. So our families are healthy. Some women are like in Utah. There's not that many, you know, comedy shows for black <laughs> right, women right, in Utah. Right. So now I'm like, yo, call us up. We're going to get a trip. We're going to all come over there and do a show. Have you seen that there's kind of a thread of a difference in the types of things that black women yes. talk on stage? Yes, 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 yes. Because we are uh, indeed super women. And they, uh, society has given us that label. So when we get on stage, it's like, oh, here we go. This is, y'all going to get it all full, <laughs> guns blazing. Like, I'm, like most of us don't even want that title, but it's on us. So when we get on stage, we either unleash it or we um, caress it. And we finesse it in a way where that's why the audience fall in love with us because we're so masterful at um, showing love because that's my base. When I'm on stage, I'm coming from a place of love and light. So when you see me on stage, you're going to feel what I'm talking about. So you're going to get that love and that nurturing that black women are known for. Uh, it's, it's generational, it's inherent, um, but we just tend to show a lot of love on stage. These comedians that come to this festival, when you hear their stories, the first year we documented it, but most of them didn't want it to be aired. But it was some very heavy stuff unleashed in those workshops. Wow. Because, let me just put it this way. We ain't know what we was doing. Like I didn't, I never put a festival together. Mm-hmm. So I just know what I wanted to see. And I know what I wanted to give, give to these women. So it was more like a kumbaya campfire. Um, <laughs> we just right, supporting one another. And we right. cried, you know, mm. we could cry, you know what I'm saying? But we unleashed. So that's what I was like. Yes. It's like my vision of what I knew we needed as black women. We needed that place where we could feel safe, safe to tell our story to tell how we've been um, treated in this industry um, from our own and from, you know, everyone else. It sounds like when you came together, a real cleansing took place of some sort. There that, you go. That was, That's that was the word. unexpected to you even. Yes, it was. It was unexpected. But in knowing my mom passed away, it's like I'm tying it together. Oh, this is what grieving looks like. This is what healing looks like. This is how you... Um, come together and trust and show intimacy with other women and, and your support system. There's an underlying pain there. Mm. You know what I mean? In comedy, there's all, there, there's an underlying pain that we mask when we get on stage. For people who don't understand what it even means for a black woman to get on stage 
I mean, to take out time to find, you know, a babysitter for their child or to set up their plans. And what is it like being a black female comedian, especially in New York City? It is extremely difficult. I would say I started 20 years ago. 20 years ago, it was very difficult. I rarely saw a black woman on stage. If, it, if I did, it was Leanne Lord, Marina Franklin, and Sunda Kuhnquist, who's now in L.A. So it was a few and far between. Now, I would say there is a lot of traction with some venues, um, putting more women of color and black women on stage. But it's very difficult. You have to really be out there networking, whether you have a nine to five or not. I have a nine to five. And so um, when I was uh, in the early stages, I would go to a show, finish my set and then go to work because I work the night shift. And that's why I work the night shift because it's easier for me to do a set and go to work than me, you know, uh, working in the afternoon and doing a set and then coming home and going to sleep. I'm a night owl. Um, but yes, it's been, it's, it's a, it's a tough industry because I'm just going to say we funnier than everybody. <laughs> there you we go. funnier than everybody. So sometimes <laughs> it's just that they don't want us on stage because they know we're going to, we're going to rip it up. We're going to tear it up. We're going to kill it. So yeah, you got to. And, and so I be, I'm happy when I see other black, women or African-American comedians put their own show together because I'm, listen, when I was coming up, it was to the point where I wasn't getting booked and I'm not going to say, Oh, cause I was so funny, but it was, it was, it was, it was drying up. And so I was like, I got to create my own show. Cause I like this. I want to perform. So that's when I created the, uh, the, the transit comedy show. Cause I worked for the MTA. So I treat, I started creating a show within the show for my colleagues. So there was other funny transit workers, that were funny. So we started putting the shows together in the city and uh, I eventually called it Laugh Tracks, um, which I didn't know you had to trademark names and stuff. That's stuff we don't know. Right, Lessons we learn along the way. Yes, yes. <laughs> and so I learned if one thing that I could say about my life is I'm so happy comedy found me. I am so happy. I don't, I don't, I try to think, what would I be doing if I didn't do comedy? I probably would be teaching. That's one thing I do love. I love working with kids. Um, uh, but comedy is my life and supporting these women and, and giving women opportunity to uh, empower themselves. Because when we are together as one, they go back into their community more empowered. Like, oh, I got a sisterhood. I got a, I got a tribe of women that got my back. So I can go back to Utah and say, look, club, I want a, 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 a all sister night, you know, or all female night, you know, and and we got a back because it's it's um it's about changing the narrative. Some of these women have you know TV credits and stuff, you know what I mean? That's submitted, and I'm like, oh my god, that's so and so. Oh my god, I'm gonna be a fan girl. And it's interesting that you would say that you would be a teacher because I really see comedians when they take the stage as being teachers. A lot of people yeah. wouldn't get information unless they sat down as an audience member in front of a comedian and they learn. But they learn because yes. they're laughing and it's easy to slip in some good bits of information yes. when people that are laughing. That is true. That is so true. I have so many women that are coming up in the game. There's a young lady from Kansas City. Her name is Janelle Banks. She is so unassumingly 
funny. It sneaks up on you. Like she does it in such a charming way. You don't even see it coming. And then you have uh, Algiers Diamond from New Orleans. That's what they call it. New Orleans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, New Orleans. Uh, yeah, New Orleans. So many that I've met that I wouldn't have met if I didn't create this festival. Um, and so I'm just happy that they allowed me to um, pour into their life. There's some women that never traveled. They come into the big old New York City uh, for Comedy Fest, and, and they don't know what to expect. This year, we have international. We have Canadians in. I got accepted. So I'm like, what? <laughs> amazing. Amazing. <laughs> well, it is. more of the Black Women in Comedy Laugh Fest and women of color taking center stage, taking a stand when we come back. And we are back with Joanna Briley, the founder of the Black Women in Comedy Laugh Fest. Joanna, I know that there have been some very big black male comedians that have reached out to support What's that been like? I know that some things are still in the works. You you really can't mention their names, but what's that been like? Well, for me, it's been such a sense of relief because, you know, as black women, we want our black men to have our back, provide, protect, and um, it's provide, protect, and this is another one, um, provide, protect, Oh, look, all of them, right? <laughs> all right, all of them. Right? Uh, but yes, it's just been nice. Um, I can say John Laster, um, who has the Blap app out right now, is um, someone that I would consider um, wanting to help out and, and help spread the word. He gave us a shout out on his social media last year. Um, Roy Woods Jr. last year gave us a shout out on his social media. So just stuff like that. You know, I'm not, it, it's not even big things just showing that you support us and that you got love for what we're doing is enough to let the because the, the thing is let the community know that we're in sync that we're we're in alignment in some capacity because i i don't like to see like we're competing against each other or we're at odds with each other it's not that we're all in this together our job is to make people laugh your job is to make people laugh so let's just do it in a uniform way where we're all supporting one another um, to, to just have black men show up at these festivals to support, to volunteer um, was amazing. We had a few last year that came out and supported. Matter of fact, uh, he's from the DV, DMV area, Latif. He came all the way from DMV to support and hang out and, you know, help with the festival. So just stuff like that, just showing up, showing up and letting sisters know that you got our back in this industry would be amazing. You know, yeah. um, somebody, yeah. somebody, somebody would hurt. <laughs> somebody would, yeah, it wouldn't hurt. But you know, it's not everything. Um, it's about just showing support and and lending a hand where you can. You know, some people may not know about oh, bl- uh, a black um, black lady sketch black show. lady sketch show. Yeah, um, they may not know about you know the Quinta Brunson or Issa yes, Rae or, yes. or Lunell. They're, you know, this this might be something that's very new to people. Like, oh, I didn't know that. I mean, I've heard of Wanda Sykes, but I didn't know that all of this was kind of bubbling underground. What would you say in terms of how things might have changed? You mentioned DEI and you know post George Floyd, everybody seemed to be woke all of a sudden. But how, mm-hmm. did, how did things change during COVID? I'm suspecting maybe for the better for black women taking yes. the stage. Yes, because a lot of us are entrepreneurial in spirit. So a lot of us took the reins. A lot of us did Zoom shows. 
um, a lot of us just took control of our destiny because, ha, huh, COVID, COVID, <laughs> like, yeah. it was like, hey, it's one shot or what? What you going to do um, with your life? So um, in the comedy realm, I saw a lot of sisters, like, collaborating, um, going virtual with podcasts, with um, YouTube skits, and just creating web series and content that was pleasing to them and then building audiences from that. Um, so the joy in um, being sequestered for a year and not having comedy, because I just knew I was going to lose my mind mm. uh, not performing, um, but it created another journey for me, another oh, I know in five years I want to have this. So it made me think about the long term of this festival and the many different layers because I want to, uh, I'm creating a 501c3 so that the mental health aspect is always present. If somebody needs resources, they can always have uh, a black woman in comedy uh, person to reach out to or the foundation has resources for them, uh, whether it's financial you know, they might, you know, need a road trip or need money while they're on the road, whatever. I just want to make sure that we're taken care of and that we have a sense of um, uh, a sisterhood uh, that looks out for one another mm. in this game. Because, you know, no, like, all right, there is no comedy pension fund. Right. You know what I mean? So uh, the comedian that just passed and they did a GoFundMe, um, I forgot his name. Oh, but from Friday? Family, Yes, from Friday, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. It is, you know, they do say you can get insurance, but even offering opportunities for people to get insurance, you know, through the foundation. But just a sense of uh, you're doing all this work. What do you have to show for it? It's going to be small, small goals, small things that you achieve, but you don't want, you know, uh, unfortunate circumstances to happen. Tiffany Haddish was living in her car at one point and, um, you know, and that we have, and we have a, we hear a lot of car stories and and by the yes. way that that was um Anthony AJ Johnson who passed away people might know him yes. on Friday and right, next right. Friday and like you said his wife was she was out there trying to raise money for her husband's yeah. funeral you know I yeah. real, before we leave and we have a couple of minutes mm-hmm. I wanted I wanted to talk about Monique um you know and and the, and the lawsuit that she filed against Netflix for being lowballed for a special that she did mm-hmm. or, or or what didn't do because right. she was offered 500,000 while Amy Schumer was offered 11 million uh right. Dave Chappelle Chris Rock they got 20 yes. million yes. now people know Monique and I'm wondering what is your take on that My take was they were disrespectful as hell okay regardless of what she had going, well, it, it was she was blackballed because there's no way the woman is an Oscar winner. Monique has a crowd; people come out to see her. So, because you're displeased with her in the that circle, they lowballed her. I was so disheartened by how the community turned on her, and that's the thing: we as black women are always stabbed in the front and the back. And by our own people and by society as whole. And she still is standing. You know what I mean? And I just take my hat off to Monique for just dealing with that the way she did. And it's still loving on black people. Because, ah, you know what I'm saying? It's like, how dare you tell her what her worth is? She knows what her worth is. Nobody else can tell her what her worth is. 
And that's what they were doing. And that is so unfair in the narrative that society has us against one another constantly. So I hope with the festival, as we do these seminars, that black women will know that we got each other's back in private and in public. You know, we have to support one another. Whether we dis- If we disagree, let's disagree in, pub- in private. But in public, we got a united front. As we leave, I want to make sure people know once again about the Black Women in Comedy Laugh Fest at BWIC LaughFest.com. Now that's L A F F F E S T dot com. <laughs> Three back to back F's. Talk to me about just how you're planning for it's coming up Juneteenth. It probably will be Juneteenth every year, I would suspect. Yeah. What, yes, yes, what yes. are you doing now to keep those wheels turning? Well, right now I have the previous headliners. They're all producing a show. That's Frankie French. That's Mimi Simpson. That's Leanne Lord, Chitara Curry. Um, I also pitched a few headliners that uh, that need to travel to the New York City. I have some local headliners, Onika McLean and JJ Matisse. Um, Wheels are turning with the type of shows. The stand, I would like to say, has offered their building as our headquarters. If you've never been to the stand, the stand is one of the sexiest clubs in New York City. Um, they have an atrium that is out of this world. It looks like they're in a tropical uh, hotel. They have two rooms. They have the upstairs room and the downstairs. We're going to be at Gotham, New York Comedy Club, both locations. And there's a new Black-owned comedy club uh, in Harlem by Jamie Roberts and Nikki Sunshine. Um, it's called Comedy in Harlem. So we're mm. going to be doing shows there as well. Um, uh, they just opened up in September. Wonderful. Of 2021. So, well, yes. A uh, lot a lot going on. And I know that yes. you're going to be working over the next few months to get everything tight. And Joanna Briley, founder of the Black Women in Comedy Laugh Fest. I want to thank you for sharing with us what goes on behind the scenes in terms of what you're doing, all the sisterhood, how you're helping with mental health and how you're equaling the playing field or, shall I say, the stage. You've been listening to Stand with Candace Kelly. Please join us Saturday morning at 8.30 for another episode on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM and by searching for Rowan Radio on your favorite podcasting platforms.